Good evening, and welcome back to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined, as always, by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Oh, not much, man. How are you? I'm good, man. We, we missed last week, and now I'm a little uh, a little borderline physically at the moment. Um, so we're going to try to get through tonight uh, with, with a lot of Zycam <laughs> and see what happens. Um we're as always we're brought to you by mossy creek fly fishing in harrisonburg virginia uh go by the shop anytime mention the podcast you get a free sticker big thanks to mossy creek um i know they had the film festival thing last week and they've got some other big events coming up though um but hopefully today was just terribly terribly cold and i think tonight is going to be like in oh, the teens it's, it's awful awful it's awful it's yeah. like we, we snap back to winter this isn't just like unseasonably chilly spring weather this is straight up winter it's terrible yeah I think that's what's going on with me. I'm like uh, up and down. Yeah. But um, in any case, uh, really big thanks to Mossy Creek and looking forward to better weather with them um, as the spring gets going. Um, we're going to talk the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles tonight. Uh, so I, I, I think <laughs> we'll see in a few minutes with our tech adventures. Um, but we just, we were going to, we wanted to come on and welcome everybody to our intro and uh, just a couple notes, Rob. I mean, you, you posted a little bit about it this weekend, but big win for lacrosse over the weekend. Huge win. Huge, Huge win. win in College Park. Um, they're back up to 12th in the nation. Uh, Coach Shelley uh, wasn't. Maryland yeah. does not lose in College Park. If no. You look at the record. I mean, going back like the last 15 or 16 years, I, I, what is it like? It's a handful of losses at home. That yeah. is just a tough place to play. Um, I'm excited because I think now Jamie's finally punching you know, at its weight class where they were not earlier in the year. Mm -hmm. But now that's three top 20 wins in a row. Um, Maryland was arguably the biggest win of the season Um, in lacrosse, not not just for JMU. I I think like this win national landscape, like for somebody to go into College Park and and take them down the road. This was a big win that got a lot of eyes on them heading into the former conference regular season, um, which, which doesn't really mean anything in terms of position. But if you go in with these three straight wins, take care of business and conference, they're well positioned to earn that at large that they really need. Yeah. I mean, they're up to 12th in the country in at least one poll that I saw today. So mm-hmm. it, it feels like if they go, whatever it is, five and one in conference, they probably don't drop out of the top 20. You know, I mean, yeah, depending I, on where that one, you hope that they go six and oh or eight and oh, whatever. But mm-hmm. like, there's a little more room for error given what we've, I mean, we've seen lacrosse be a three bid league before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, just very exciting. And and Bella Peterson, five more goals. Yeah, I mean, she's just a machine, like yeah. offensively. I, I I can't remember because the the championship team in eighteen was a much more. I mean, Romsburg was great, um, Gaudian was great, Gaudian, but it was yeah. a mixed bag, right? Mm-hmm. Of scores, there were a lot of scores, and this feels like we have a real superstar. And everybody else is like complimenting around her. Yeah, yeah, she's, yeah, she's been lights out. Yeah, so that was cool. Another one. Um, softball had a really good weekend. They've kind of righted the ship officially, I think. Um, probably with them, I think some of that has been getting back to playing um, teams that are maybe more appropriate for this group this year. Um, but they've get they've been getting good performances, and their offense. I mean, they've been hitting the hell out of the ball, and yeah, it's kind of excited. Yeah, and it was kind of exciting, like Shan- Hannah Shiflet. You know, she just got the conference player of the week this week for her big bat last week. And it's kind of funny. She was the player that she was the, like she played throughout the run last year, but she only played in the field. She yeah. rarely hit, right? She was kind of the person that they let Odyssey hit for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in, in the game. Um, so it's it's exciting to see her kind of cranking it up offensively. I think we talked about that a little bit in the preseason, but that's been cool. Uh, so great to see that. Uh, Rob, I don't know that we've ever talked about men's tennis on the show, but I didn't want it to go without noting that Holden Coons, the junior, is now 17-2 and two in 2022. The two losses were like three-set, 7-6, 7-6, 7-6 type, you know, at the number one single spot for JMU. I mean, that's very impressive. <laughs> like, I don't know a lot else, but that's, I mean, that's mowing through. the At the number one spot, that's really good for a program like JMU. So yeah, taking care of business. Yeah. So um, that's pretty cool. Uh, and then we got to talk a couple of football notes before we talk, you know, Sunbelt football, but they had pro day last week. Sounded like uh, some encouraging stuff. There were more than 20 teams scouting JMU 
it did sound like there were some, it, it sounded like at least Mike Green and Liam Fornado put good reps on tape kind of, and, and good numbers, good measurements um, in terms of their bench and that kind of stuff. So that was pretty good. I think we think that we're hopeful for those two. Um, and then we saw them open the doors in the practice facility for Harry to kick longer. I mean, for a, uh, Ratke to kick longer Ratke. field goals and he was, and he nailed them. So that looked pretty cool. Uh, you Did know, you very... listen to that audio? I mean, it sounds rude. Like, a little bit. Yeah. It was a thump. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then um, you heard the other guy, like one of the scouts I heard like kind of chuckle, like that was a heavy, heavy hit. Uh, yeah. Well, and, and I, you know, you and I, have, we've talked about it for three or four years now, but you know, if Ratke can hit beyond 45, he's an NFL kicker. Like, because yeah. from an accuracy standpoint, he's exceptional. And the question with him has always been, he's been kind of up and down in the long field goal, which is more expected at the next level. Well, it's um, not even up and down. Like he wasn't really given an opportunity, opportunity. to, to yeah. stretch it that much. Yeah. You know, like it, there was that opportunity this year, like plus 50, wouldn't they bring in somebody else? Or was that last season? It all kind of runs together. But yeah. Um, and the fact that he doesn't, I'm correct me if I'm wrong here, but he doesn't do kickoffs either. He didn't before. He has not and traditionally. Has, yeah. Now, yeah. I, sometimes I don't know with that because that sometimes I think has to do it's with like strategy. getting the other kid playing. Yeah. You don't want Racky getting hurt doing kickoffs or tackling yeah. people. Yeah. There's a lot of things to that. My point is like we just haven't seen him have a lot of opportunities to For boot me. it out from 50 plus. For yeah. sure. Um, and I'm guessing because his, his other buddy, Cole Johnson, um, if he's been hitting the weight room with him, uh, that's probably helpful as well because – We've never seen Cole Johnson look like he did at Pro Day, which is like 20 to 25 pounds heavier. Um, and we all know Cole, like he had room to put that weight on, right? And it, it appears more to the, be – the Chet Holmgren type body. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Um, Joe Flacco or anything. Right. But, but it sounded like, you know, there was some legit excitement um, around Cole going into this and you know it's so hard for us I, I i realize i have a hard time with this right um we just it, it, i don't know quarterback it seems like the most impossible position to judge opportunity you know to think like vadley and brian shore didn't have a chance danucci's had two years of like having a chance including actually playing in games you know when maybe we as fans would have thought that would be somewhat reversed but it's i don't know it's it's very difficult um to know what's real. I, I think about NDSU and, you know, like literally one year ago today, they were talking about how they're like quarterback you. And now I'm not convinced that either of those two highly drafted quarterbacks are any good. Yeah. Like, like I don't, you know, so I, I don't know. I just, and, and that's not a knock on them or NDSU in, in that way. It's just like, this is so hard. And to be honest, you and I have, we have said, I think a lot of people said for years and years and years, physically, this kind of setup, a pro day type setup, is the place where Cole, I mean, he looks the part. You know, he's 6'4", and he can sling it, yeah. right? And with him, it's always about, like, processing, leading the team, running the offense, right? And who knows? I mean, he had a fantastic year. I just, I don't know. But it sounded like there were a couple teams that are, you know, he is more prototypical than Danucci, Shore, or Lee. Yeah, just in the yeah. sense of he's six four. I mean, at some point, that's just a thing that is it. Just, it just it helps you, right? Yeah. yeah, like it's a big man's league, and uh, yeah. So I don't know, but that was kind of, it, all kind of exciting. Broke. I'll be rooting for him. Uh, I'll, no. I'm not going to pretend that I saw this coming um, in any way, shape, or form. I, I I don't get it. I don't understand how you've got these guys who can be contention for the Heisman, and everybody knows oh they're not even going to get a look, and then you get a guy at the FCS level who tremendous numbers aside mm -hmm. it's just it's unusual to me that this would be the the needle picked out of the haystack um it is but i hope it works out i mean it'd be cool i'd certainly be cheering for him um, i just when i think about those guys that kind of come out of nowhere i think about more josh allen types uh -huh. just the rocket arm and the quick release and that's all they see right Paul throws a very nice deep ball he can be very accurate he doesn't appear to me to have that quick NFL type release, but I, I don't know. Yeah. Like that, that's just, it's just surprising to me. Like I, I'm rooting for him. I hope he does it. Um, but it's just the one position that I think is most confounding to those of us who really just have a fan's perspective. Yeah. It's I, weird I, though. I, yeah, I know it is. He did play like 
20 plus games in the calendar year last year. Yeah. Like, so there's a lot of film and there's a and lot of improvement. Worked. Yeah. And he only yeah, threw he... four interceptions in the, or I, I don't know what happened in the last game, but you know, like was, yeah, five interceptions on the year. I mean, you know, so that's the kind of thing people like. Who knows? And the progress was straight up. I mean, straight if you look up, where yes. he was a year and a half ago, where it was very shaky and couldn't, wasn't willing to trust himself on the throws, the sidelines right. to versus, you know, last couple of games season was making every throw in the playbook. Um, it's just, it's astounding to me that, that this happens with all of these, you know, Manning camps and the elite, yeah. elite passing camps that there still are guys that kind of fall through the cracks and end up getting their shot on Sundays. So maybe Cole yep. will be one of those guys. Yeah. But exciting. And, and there was a bunch of other guys. Ish Hyman was back catching passes. I mean, a bunch of other guys trying to get a look again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, good luck to all the players out there. Obviously, we we will be following all of them as the summer goes along. Um, and then lastly, Rob, it's spring football set has started. <laughs> well underway yeah. now. And uh, I got to say, I'm a little impressed. You know, you can't read anything from Twitter and a few promo videos. But I am cautiously optimistic and a little bit, I don't want to say impressed, but just I'm encouraged by the, at least for the moment, the kind of um, spirit and attitude that the team and the coaching staff seem to be bringing to their first year in the Sun Belt. Yeah. You know, I've just been having watched men's and women's basketball kind of, you know, the wheels come off with very little to play for. It just was a concerning thing. I, I don't think you have to worry. I mean, I saw some, you know, if you're a guy like Percy, I think this is a real opportunity in front of yeah. you. You know, there's there's some guys on this team that more veteran players, they have to know that the tape they put out with multiple games against other teams with multiple draftees <laughs> is really, you know, this is a bigger opportunity yeah, than good. games against William & Mary. Yeah. Um, so, you know, in that way, I'm hopeful. I, I don't know. Haven't heard anything about the, I mean, you know, three quarterback show. Have, didn't hear. I have not heard anything definitive from anything. You know, there's some highlights out there. Uh, yeah, we'll, we haven't picked any favorites yet. So we'll, we'll talk about that a little later as we get, you know, we've four weeks now till the spring game. So plenty of time to go. But definitely exciting just to see them out there and to be thinking about like that felt like, okay, this is Sunbelt thing is real. Yeah, These guys are happening. getting ready for the Sun Belt, you know? Um, so, in any case, that's all I got, Rob. Anything else from you on the JMU front? No, no, that's that's all good. You know, just starting to turn the page from winter sports to now the, the full swing of spring and even looking towards postseason. But like you, I'm kind of looking ahead towards next fall already. Yeah, it's, it's really exciting. I know in our house we had a little like we – had, we actually had some JMU friends visit last week a little bit. And, um, and we had like, we just talked about it, like started really like thinking about, it. and part of it's also just that we really haven't had a normal, you know, even last season was not totally normal from a like COVID fan standpoint, no, really especially coming off the spring season where there were games and I don't know, it just all. And then by October, we knew we were going to the Sunbelt and it was all like a mess. So I don't, this felt a little more like thinking ahead to a normal fall planning <laughs> to, to, for, fandom you know so that was good so anyways rob thank you very much and um talk to you on the other side sounds good and welcome back to the jmu sports blog podcast uh todd and rob are really really fortunate to be joined by a couple guests tonight um going to tell us a little bit about the University of Southern Mississippi, uh, one of our fellow Future Belt members. Uh, welcome, Ben and Patrick. Thanks, guys. Glad to be on. Thanks for yeah. having us on, guys. This is fun. Well, first and foremost, tell us um, you know, about what you guys do and where we can find your stuff. And, uh, you know, sort of how we found you, how other people can find you. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll, I'll go first. Pat can add on if he wants to. We, as a podcast, I guess we started in September. It was, I think it was yeah, the week before. Right before South Al. Right before uh, the first football game. Um, and I don't know, that was kind of a, I feel like there are a bunch of Southern Miss pod, podcasts that were popping up at the time. But we felt like there was uh, enough of a gap in kind of the the younger demographic a little bit more analytical side of things and Patrick's more of the statistic side I'm kind of more big picture but we we thought there was a, a gap and so we 
we <laughs> we just kind of we kind of threw some stuff up and uh we've we've you know gotten uh gotten our feet under us a little bit but um yes yeah, so we've been going since september and we're we're baseball guys so we're we're kind of in our element right now um, and I do some sports writing for the Rivals Network site, uh, which is BigGoldNation.com for Southern Miss and a, a few other things here and there. But that's kind of my Southern Miss affiliation. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I have a day job here in Hattiesburg. It's uh, non, not, not sports related, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of I kind of tweet out whatever stuff I kind of observe. <laughs> Lots of great content. Stats yeah. and whatever else I kind of see and just kind of comment on that. So not uh, not covering the uh, teams in any uh, professional sense just kind of twitter and that's about it although every now and then i'll you know i'll post something I'll, you know i had that I, I think i found you guys or through that sunbelt uh write up i did on the just a blog that i wrote um back in october yeah. but uh other than that uh, nothing um Nothing real or nothing professional. <laughs> oh, we're not professionals. So. We're not professional. <laughs> We've been doing this a long time and we're very unprofessional, as you can tell. Um, we missed the part, though. What? So what is the name of your podcast? Buzzardry is there the, name of the podcast. Yeah, which is uh, maybe bears yeah. uh, or needs some yeah. ex- explanation. Yeah, a why don't we bit. start there? Yeah, we're, we're, but um, it's it's funny. We've gotten uh, we've gotten a little bit of pushback from some of our older <laughs> our older listeners uh, because it used to be a shot at Southern Miss. May, I would say mainly Ole Miss and Mississippi State yeah. people. Some Memphis, and some Memphis and Tulane yeah, people yeah. would call us the mustard buzzards or the Golden uh, Eagles. Okay. And so it was this this dig that you know we're. Uh, you know, we're just this little, you know, trash bird instead of a, a golden eagle. And uh, so we, we kind of, uh, I have sort of referred to us, and I think some people have uh, re- started referring to ourselves as the buzzards as, as kind of a way to take the negative aspect out of it and um, take the power away from the people who are trying to criticize us. So, uh, and it's just kind of a fun, you know, we, I, I say buzzardry is sort of the uh, emblematic of, the unique fandom that is a Southern Miss fan of all the the highs and lows. And, you know, you're in the middle of SEC country. And so you have all these people that hate you and look down on you. Um, and so there are a lot of fun things about it. There are a lot of really hard things about it. But that's what we feel like is buzzardry. So uh, we got it rolling in September. Yeah, having a lot of fun, I like man. I like that. Did you all grow up in Mississippi? Yes, we did. Yeah, Pat grew up in Hattiesburg. I grew up in the Jackson area. So. Okay. I got so the full brunt of the SEC propaganda. <laughs> I was going to say, can you explain to people, maybe most of our listeners are more like Virginia and then up on north. Um, so people might not be familiar with kind of the pecking order and how the SEC and it just means more and how that all trickles down <laughs> oh, yeah. everywhere else. <laughs> well, can can you is. give a little bit about how, where you stick? Because I, I have a feeling we're going to find some like-minded individuals here with the way JMU views more the ACC it's probably the way yeah, you guys let me tell you a story see. about the Virginia Cavaliers. <laughs> yeah, well, um, yeah, I mean, Ole Miss and State, they have obviously a big following here. But also, you know, you get kind of um, in the south part of the state because Ole Miss and State are in the north part of the state. Um, so you also get a lot of uh, like kind of bandwagon LSU fans, Alabama fans, uh, and that kind of thing. But, yeah, I mean, it, it is tough a lot of times to just kind of break through and uh, get some oxygen really away from the uh, all the SEC stuff. So it, it is a um, – it is certainly a um, uh, yeah. I guess we're trying to we can maybe cut that. But I'm trying to find the words. Um, <laughs> well, I think it's but, I think it's a source of pride too. Honestly, the yeah, the fact yeah. that there are these bigger resource schools. All I mean, we are buried right smack dab in the middle of of SEC country. And so if you if you are a true Southern Miss fan, you I think you take real pride in the fact that you know we'll talk about the history of Southern Miss, but we used to beat those guys all the time. And Ole Miss won't play us anymore because we used mm-hmm. to beat them so often. And so there, there's, there is that, and the fact that we we support our school, um, even though it doesn't have the resources, we don't get fifty million dollars in the in the mailbox every year. Um, we, you know, it's kind of the underdog chip on your shoulder sort of attitude, which that, and that's what we really love about Southerners, I think. Yeah, I mean that that's I think Jamie fans will absolutely relate to that. You know, being two hours uh, uh, north of Virginia Tech, pretty resource program, mm-hmm. and then forty five minutes. Uh, oh, west wow. of UVA, so it, it's kind of we're right there in the backyard, and then you you even got people creeping with all Maryland, and then a lot of people come from Penn State. up uh, north, Penn oh, State, yeah. a lot of fans <laughs> up there. So yeah. it's a little bit, a little bit different, and then maybe dipping down into the Carolinas a yeah, little yeah, bit, yeah, but yeah, really, yeah. Jamie's really more mid Atlantic. So um, people, I think, will relate very much to what you're saying. Uh, just maybe Jamie has a little bit of a lesser version with 
the ACC not really being up to that same level as the SEC. Yeah. Oh. Um, so for you guys, like, what's your sense generally about, like, what are USM fans, Golden Eagles fans, what are you guys feeling about the Sun Belt? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, we're really excited. You know, we've always been wanting to get out of CUSA and just kind of been just a, we, you know, we were charter members of CUSA, you know, 1996. And um, so it's just, it's kind of been a conference purgatory, kind of conference hell at some times, uh, maybe the past, <laughs> past decade or so, more like a conference hell. Yep. And, you know, we were always kind of looking at the AAC as kind of uh, the, uh, the <laughs> lifeboat. Because a lot of our, I mean, basically all of our old rivals went to the AAC teams. We play like your Memphises, your ECUs, your Tulane. Mm-hmm. Uh, then when the kind of AAC fell apart with the Big Twelve uh, rating them, it kind of made a lot more sense for us to join the Sun Belt, just more regional. And uh, so, yeah, we're we're really excited about it, just to get out of CUSA, but also you know play a lot of teams that we have a lot in common with. And uh, you know, I think it's gonna be a really good football league. So, yeah, not a, not a lot to add to that, but. It just it makes sense on so many different levels. Uh, there's there are so many different parallels. I mean, part of why we have we were kind of taught we were kind of joking a little bit um, about Conference USA before we started recording because they have burned us a lot. The administration, I think, is uh, we've talked about they're reactive instead of proactive, and that's hurt them in a lot of ways. And just the the approach that they have taken to conference realignment has really hurt schools like Southern Miss. Um, but in the in the Sun Belt, there are you are aligned with a lot of schools that have similar identity uh, to you and you get realigned with ESPN, which I think has hurt us a lot perception wise, especially among, you know, SEC schools. I guess that was the first big shift was Oh, four ish. Um, yeah. With the big East. Yeah. Louisville, and yep. Cincinnati. Yeah, Louisville, Cincinnati, which who used to be our, our, you know, kind of rivals and peer schools. And we used to be it all the time um, and kind of went total, polar opposite to what made Southern Miss um, great, we, f- we feel like, as an athletics program. And so we think we're returning to that, um, in a sense, in the Sun Belt. And so I think, I think it's pretty consensus that everyone is, is pretty excited about it. That seems to be the case for all the schools that are joining. And the thing that yes. you hit that I know really resonates with Jamie fans and the Marshall fans and ODU fans we've talked to is when you said regionalize. Like that mm-hmm. that's the big deal. It's getting back and just playing like-minded programs with similar levels of enthusiasm. And for the most part, like it's feasible to pick, you know, maybe not every road game for football, but you can chop off, you know, Most. three or four um, yeah. baseball road trips. You can go see the weekend series. Oh, you yeah. know, it, it just makes so much more sense, um, particularly for a lot of us where we are kind of schools in these shadows of other larger fan bases. So if you regionalize, you get in and create a lot of excitement. You got the opportunity to go and kind of talk trash to your coworkers maybe on Monday <laughs> yeah. in ways that in Conference USA, I know you guys didn't. You got so spread out. I mean, geez, an FCS, forget about it. Uh, unless you right. happen to work with North Dakota State fans, nobody's paying <laughs> attention. You know, it's just um, – so, yeah, all the things you're saying are all the reasons that we're very excited to make this move. And it really feels like it's come full circle. You know, JMU fans really had their eyes on CUSA a couple of years ago, particularly when ODU went, and that was the regional league when it had ECU and Tulane. And then it just – it kind of blew up in good ways, and then it just spread out. And now I feel like it's coming back and I cannot wait. I really, it's a little bit of, of maybe being slightly delusional, slightly, but I really think it's the best G5 league out there um, in multiple sports. So I don't know. I can't be fun. Yeah. Can we jump in a little bit? Like I know you mentioned baseball. That's a big thing. A lot of JMU fans are very excited about stepping into the Sun Belt. It's a premier baseball league. Um, it's a situation where Jamie really needs to raise its game to keep up. But I know Southern Miss has a proud history and a lot of support with that. Can you talk a little bit about the enthusiasm for college baseball down in Mississippi and and in the South? Yeah, well, it's uh, Mississippi. I mean, it's kind of the the, uh, most passionate college baseball state, I would say. I was just – I tweeted out the attendance numbers um, earlier today in Mississippi at three schools in the top 11. USM is number 11. Uh, USA was, I think, number one uh, school outside the power conferences in terms of baseball attendance. So, yeah, it, it is a huge deal. It's, you know, it's football is number one here. Baseball is number two. You know, it's, it's, that's kind of the unusual thing where, you know, pretty much everywhere else you got football, then you got men's basketball. Mississippi is football and baseball. So, yeah, it's uh, for a lot of other schools, it's kind of um, college baseball is something where you um, pass the time until football season. Here it is. It is a premier part of uh our fandom, I mean, you know, we, um, you know, we've been to regionals, I guess, five years in a row, oh, wow. uh, went to Omaha in 2009, 
Um, so yeah, we, we've had some good success uh, in baseball over the last 20, 25 years. Um, we're really excited about the Sun Belt. you know, talking about programs like uh, South Al, we play every year anyway, but you know, Coastal Carolina, um, Troy, uh, programs that are making regionals, Lafayette, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I've kind of looked at y'all's baseball program. You got, looks like you got a nice facility there. I know y'all got uh, Chase DeLauder. Uh, yeah. Is that how you say it? He's yeah. a really yeah. good player. Yeah. He's probably one of the you know top players in the country. So, uh, yeah. I could see myself making that trip uh, for a weekend series down the line. So. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it's uh, it, it, I hate to give Mississippi State or Ole Miss any credit, but they it, it really was the case, I think, where Mississippi was the first or one of the first to really make an emphasis and investment in college baseball. And Ron Polk is the example everyone always uses, the godfather of college baseball. He was the head coach at Mississippi State for a long, long time. And and I think that really helped us, um, and we were able. I mean, it's it's always been just a baseball state, I think. So it, it's it was really a natural thing. But building on the success of two thousand nine, the Omaha run, um, I think part of it too is we've in the last twelve or thirteen years since two thousand nine, we've been really down in football and particularly basketball. I mean, part of it is basketball is just kind of an afterthought because we're terrible and we, we won't get too much into basketball. It's kind of a sore, <laughs> sore subject right now, but that, uh, because of that, I think more interest has, has gone into baseball and um, the success is built on that. And so it's, it's a baseball crazy state and Southern Miss is certainly a big part of that. Nice. Well, softball is trying to drag our baseball into relevance. Um, <laughs> softball yeah. drives the bus at JMU. So yeah, I was like, um, but, but we're, we're hopeful. We're very hopeful. And, uh, yeah, men's and women's basketball. JMU, former women's, it was not co-ed until the 70s. Right. So, um, you know, we still have almost 60% female enrollment. So, yeah, women's basketball, softball have always been big sports for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of football, so you guys had the uh, the Super PAC era this year, right. the end of the season, right? Yeah. Um, you know, where are things? So I, I, we, I think most fans know a little bit about USM football, right? And we know Brett Favre. We know Marcus Dupree. We like we know the the big, long, old stories, right? But we don't know um, what's been going on the last ten years, other than you know it's been a bumpy road, uh, <laughs> you know. But it, I, I don't know. Did you guys find something at the end of the year, or are there other reasons to feel hopeful? I mean, where do you think things are headed next year? You know. Yeah, but Pat, I'll let you kind of fill in. Um, I. I really, I was optimistic. I, I think people, it was more of a case of people realizing how much of a crater was left behind with Jay Hobson, who was the former head coach. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we, I think we had 63, 64 scholarships on the team. And so there was, there was a big hole scholarship wise and talent wise. And we, I, I feel pretty good that Will Hall is, is kind of the guy the type and um, the guy who's a really good fit because he's high energy. He is, you know, he's a go-getter in recruiting. He's kind of, uh, you know, he was one of the better offensive minds in the country as the OC at Tulane. And that that's really the formula that has worked at this level. And this, the administration, I think, made some, some bad choices in um, – a couple of the hires. I mean, ob- the obvious example is in 2012, after we finished top 15 in the country and we're, you know, seven points away from a, a Sugar Bowl um, appearance, we went 0-12 with Ellis Johnson. And he was the defensive coordinator at South Carolina. And he was, you know, a guy that people, or at least the administration, was hoping would stay for the rest of his career. And even though he was an older guy, and the same thing I think was true with Jay Hobson, is he was mm-hmm. – you know, we use the phrase all the time, a Southern Miss guy, mm. where uh, we kind of trick ourselves into thinking that somebody is going to stay the rest of their career and, and be the next Jeff Bauer, who is, you know, the best coach of all time at Southern Miss, was here for 17 years and was really successful. But that's that's so rare uh, in, you know, modern yeah. college athletics in general, just the way that the landscape has moved. And so we, I feel really good about Will Hall um, and just the type of coach that he is. Made a few changes on his coaching staff this year. Brought in a new offensive line coach who's going to serve as the OC. Um, and so that, you know, ha- filling in those scholarship holes, I think we're close. I think we're at 83. Okay. So close to the scholarship limit now. Um, get really good transfer class that should help a lot, especially on the offensive defensive line. So I, we expect uh, us to make a jump 
um, and and build on that success. I I am still I can kind of be a little too optimistic, um, but I, I really feel like Will Hall is a guy that he can build on some of the the super back success. I guess is the the only <laughs> yeah. success that he's had. Yeah, I would say just kind of going back the last 10 years so or last 15 years, really. So we, we fired Bauer in 07. Then we brought in Larry Fedora, who was, um, you know, kind of the high-flying yep. offensive coordinator, hot shot, kind of up-and-comer. And he obviously moved on to North Carolina. So then I think he had a lot of people. My, my theory on USM is we get the hot shot coach, and then when the hot shot coach leaves us, we get we get kind of bitter, and then we try to go for the guy that we think is going to stay. And then right. when the guy that we think is going to stay yeah. – uh, inevitably flames out. We, we sober up and like, all right, we need to go back to the hot shot, uh, <laughs> offense coordinator. But, um, yeah, I think Will Hall, he checks all the boxes. He's, um, you know, he's a Mississippi guy. His dad was a long time high school coach here. Uh, one of the winningest high school coaches on uh, the history of the state of Mississippi. So he, I mean, he knows him or his dad knows basically every single high school coach, um, in the state. And I think he's kind of going to get back to that, uh, that recruiting footprint, uh, that won us a bunch of games back in the day, kind of recruiting Mississippi, um, Lower Alabama, Florida Panhandle, Louisiana, and uh, getting a lot of those guys that didn't quite get the SEC offer, but uh, you know, still good players, and you win a bunch of games. Um, win a bunch of games that way. So, I I still am very high on Will Hall. I think he's exactly what we need, and I think I think this upcoming year, I think USM is maybe top ten and returning production, S and P plus, bring yep. back most everybody. So I think this is a year where we're looking six, seven wins, New Orleans Bowl, and then 2023 is the year where you know, maybe compete for a uh, Sunbelt West division title. Yeah, Sunbelt West looks, yeah, you guys, it's good, a good place to go right now. So Yeah, that's yeah. that is very <laughs> true. <laughs> we're we're all excited. To, don't get me wrong. We are so excited to play App again and mm-hmm. to play ODU again, but it's going to be a challenge. <laughs> the sure. East is on tough. The, the East yeah, is tough. On this side right now, so. When you guys said sixty-three scholarships, I had no idea you guys were down that low. I mean, that's yeah, I was like that's our number. That's our FCS. That's all I was about to say. That's what yeah. you guys were playing. <laughs> yeah, and actually, well, we were playing last year with COVID, we had like seventy-five because right. of the yeah. COVID flexibility. Everybody came back because we have, you know, our kids were playing for something still. So yeah, it's it's crazy to think about. Yeah, well, that's good to hear then. Yeah. Now, what about rivalries? Like I know you mentioned, you know, Tulane and and some of the other schools you used to play. Who are your rivalries, and how do you think that will change in this new Sun Belt? I, w- I would say the initial thought is Louisiana Tech is kind of the the rival right now. Um, we've but we've been through that that's sort of a source of bitterness is we've lost a lot of those rivals like you like you mentioned there of through all the conference realignment we've been left behind by a lot of the original members and some of the rivals that we picked up as you know you kind of backfilled with some of those other schools. Um, I would say East Carolina is another one that you lost in Louisville. I would say Memphis. Uh, Memphis, yeah, back in yeah, in the early mid two thousands, um, and so I think the expectation, at least from how I see it, you know, with Louisiana Tech, I think that that is going to intensify the last couple of years, if not in the last six months after this announcement, because oh, especially in baseball, especially in baseball, yeah, we played them what seven times in baseball last 11. year, Ele- eleven times, okay, played them a bunch, lost yeah. count of how many times we played them in baseball, and <laughs> and they've uh, they've had a really good team these last uh, few years, and so that that's kind of intensified it. A lot of Louisiana Tech fans, I think, don't like Southern Miss because they feel like we are part of the reason Conference USA fell apart. Uh, which I think that is that's more of a badge of honor than anything. I, yeah. I will take credit for that, <laughs> um, and. Yeah, it, so I think as we move to the Sun Belt, like we, I mean, we've talked about how there are so many just natural connections, and I think that will mean natural rivalries. I think South Alabama mentioned Louisiana Lafayette. Um, I mean, I, I, you could go down the whole list. I think the pretty much the entire Western Division outside of maybe Texas State um, would be a natural rival, and I think you can look at App State in um in the east and in marshall obviously we we have history with them mm-hmm. and so I, I that's one of the things that i think people are really excited about is you'll you'll play a full schedule of teams you actually care about playing <laughs> you <Yeah>. don't <laughs> you know no one's going to travel to the graveyard that is you know rice stadium and you know rice is not going to travel to southern miss no one cares about watching charlotte play in the rock at 2 30 in the afternoon on a fall Saturday. So um, I, I think that will be part of what really generates a lot of interest is you'll play people that you care about playing. Yeah, yeah and I think uh, South Alabama and like you say, South Alabama, Louisiana, Lafayette, those are the two that first jump off the page. 
Uh, Louisiana Lafayette, that's the team we play probably 60 times in football over the years. We play them a ton in basketball, a ton in baseball. Same with South Al. I mean, obviously, that's kind of a startup program, but that's a program we played every year in pretty much every sport uh, The both schools sponsor, uh, you know, since they've become a university. I mean, it's uh, Hattiesburg to Mobile is only about an hour and a half. Oh, okay. There's a good amount of crossover um, kind of in lower Alabama and uh, south Mississippi of, you know, we get a bunch of students from Mobile. They get a bunch of students like coastal Mississippi. So there's a bunch of uh, spillover there or overlap. Uh, they don't have quite the fan base yet uh, that like Louisiana Lafayette has just because they're not really, you know, like I was saying, they're a startup program. But yeah, those are the two that kind of jump out is uh, South Al and uh, Louisiana Lafayette. That's great to hear. Yeah. I mean, our fans, we just, yeah. I mean, we can't wait to play ODU. We'll play ODU <laughs> in anything, anytime. Really. Like, <laughs> there's a lot. It's funny because we're actually like, four, it's weird ge- geographically. We're, what, four, four and a half hours from ODU, Rob? Yeah. It's four. a long way across the state. Um, but Richmond and D.C., where every, both schools' alumni all live, are smack in the middle of the two. Right, so, right. So, like, ever, you know, as you traverse the state, it's all mixed up. So, yeah, that's certainly – and then App, Marshall, really excited about some of these. Uh, coming, Georgia even, Southern. Even, yeah, yeah, Coastal, even for us. Um, you know, had a little cup of coffee with them on their way up and – that kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, there's some, <laughs> there's some fun stuff. Uh, yeah, we, we just can't wait. So that's really good. Then the one other thing we were going to ask you, so what are like the biggest moments in Southern Miss history? Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be football. It could be anything, but what are like the ones that everybody remembers, you know, which, which are those teams? I'll let you hit that one first, Pat. Yeah, I think uh, football, uh, I, I guess more recently you talk about the win over Houston in 2011, uh, conference championship game that kept them from a Sugar Bowl. You go back to 2003, uh, beat TCU in what was basically a de facto Conference USA championship game. That was before uh, they went to divisions, but the winner of that was going to get the conference championship. That kept TCU from um, a BCS Bowl. Um, you go before that, uh, 1982, yeah, we beat Alabama in Bear Bryant's last home game and uh, at, at Bryant-Denny. Uh, that's I think that one, there was a, what was that? There was some kind of... Um, list that the university came out with it was like the top wins and that was number one I'm oh yeah sure. yeah <laughs> uh if you want to go further than that 1970 be at a top five Ole Miss team and they had Archie Manning but um I, I guess talking about other sports we brought up the Omaha appearance in 2009 that was um you know in terms of you know we're both younger and that was I guess in in our lifespans that was probably the I mean that and you know the 2011 win over Houston like I was saying but right. um, um basketball we, we, we've only been in the NCAA tournament three times in uh, men's basketball. The most recently was 2012. Uh, and we beat Memphis that year. Um, that was the first, like snap a 17 game uh, losing streak to them. And we, that was like one of the probably three or four times ever. And uh, since I've been following USM last 15, 16 years, we actually had a, a packed house right. uh, at, in basketball, but we beat Memphis. Um, and that kind of clinched uh, like an at-large spot for us. So those are kind of the moments that jump out uh, to me, but you, you can go. Yeah, I, I mean, there's. I, I'm trying to rack my brain on basketball. I mean, you've, we've had a few of those games in the early 2010s. I'm sorry, my text messages are going off. Um, yeah, beat Ole Miss at home, um, 2011 oh, or 12. That was the same year we beat Memphis. Yeah. So 2012. Um, and yeah, there's, there's not. I mean, won the 1987 NIT. That's kind of championship. A, a, that's kind of the running <laughs> joke. Is the older fans think the winning the NIT was the greatest thing ever, and the younger fans just don't care. Right. So that's kind of the, yeah. that's a divide in the fan base. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, yeah, uh, yeah. We're, we we've been through a long period in the wilderness as well in men's hoops. Um, our women's program has a lot. More, our, our men's program has a lot of good history, but the last but it's ancient years, history. It's ancient history like you all. Yeah. Um, yeah it's like 80s. 19- we are very Actually, our so our coach, Mark Byington now, this was his first year? Second, no, second year. Used by year. COVID. But yeah, um, he came from Georgia Southern before right. us. So he's going back to the Sun Belt. So I have no idea how he personally feels about that. But um, like we're, we're on the on the right path right now, I think. And, uh, yeah, well, we're... We, uh, like I said, we won't get too deep into basketball because that's a very sore subject right now. But yeah, we're, we're hoping that with the new league, there's a kind of a renewed investment into the basketball program. And we start to, to move the other direction because it's like we said, it's kind of been uh, forgotten. Uh, you know, it's kind of been a just awkward gap in between football and baseball. And so I, I think there is um, we've talked about it, I think there is a lot of potential 
you know, we we've talked about the difference in um, Conference USA and Sun Belt basketball. I feel like it maybe it's similar with the CA too. Of it's you know they're both one bid league, so that if there is a difference, it's pretty marginal. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, we feel like with you know all of the the connections and parallels we've we've been talking about, there is potential for the Sun Belt to really improve in basketball. We hope we're a part of that. We hope we can you know um, be a piece of the puzzle a little bit. But it's it's uh, it's been a yeah. There's not a lot of history to talk about with Southern Miss basketball, but the, I guess you kind of hit everything, Pat. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, we got one more that we wanted to ask you guys. So what can we expect of our trip to Hattiesburg? Mm. Um, I, you know, we're not we're not going this year. So, you know, <laughs> it, it's going to be a while. But um, well, and you know, I, I got another one. Should we come? If you can only make one trip a year, should we go for baseball or football? Oh, yeah. Oh, um, I'll take the Hattiesburg question being a native, being a fourth generation yeah, native. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I guess base um, in terms of. I would say baseball, uh, just because I think you know when you look at USM baseball, it's kind of a top fifteen, top ten atmosphere mm-hmm. in college baseball. So it's, I mean, I think you know when football is good, we have good atmospheres. Um, but I think the baseball atmosphere is a little more unique than football. But um, yeah, if I, I've um, like I said, I'm a fourth generation native, and uh, you know, it's a great place. I guess the one thing like it's not a it's not a traditional college town, but it, like the university is a big part of it, but it's all, it's like, it's the college, but you also, you know, it's one of the bigger cities in the state. You know, you kind of look mm-hmm. at Hattiesburg, it's about the same size as Harrisonburg. Oh. Um, but, uh, it's, a you know, kind of an economic and healthcare hub for an eight County area. So you have the university is a big part of it, but you also kind of have the other part where it's kind of serving the whole, um, kind of piney, uh, pine belt, uh, region of Mississippi. So you kind of have both of those, factor in where it's not a um kind of the college isn't the only game in town is what i'm trying to say but yeah i mean i i would say um i would come for baseball but yeah it's a great place and i think it really fits in well with the sun belt in terms of you know smaller uh cities smaller towns um in the south united states so uh yeah what would you yeah i would say save up and make both i think they're both great trips (laughs) yeah I'm trying to figure out if we could go from Pensacola to an early season baseball series. Like, is that, I don't know. Probably not. But, you know, like, oh, yeah. the, we've, we've, the basketball we've, tournament, like, straight. Oh, yeah. You, could, you yeah, know, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. So, That's right. Yeah. Cause the bat, the baseball or the basketball tournament's in tournaments. Pensacola. So you could, right. You could come to yeah. Highsbury if we're in town that weekend. I mean, the conference play probably wouldn't start by then. So, yeah. Well, no. But yeah, if you're, it's, it's really close. Only about two and a half hours, right? So, that's right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. That's real. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's nice. cool. Yeah, we're we're learning here. <laughs> well, you well, I got to do a larger. I got to do a spring training, major league swing through Florida, maybe come back up, catch the basketball tournament, and yeah. then go and see some conference games. Yeah, make a whole road trip. And we'll certainly be looking forward to having you guys in the Shenandoah Valley. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Make it yeah. up. Um, you know, we're obviously uh, homers about this, but we love it. And uh, actually, it's funny. We we kind of joke with our. We're glad we're the only purple team in. The <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we're like we're like a little tiny lsu game <laughs> like, yeah like, yeah like, you know just like a yeah really fun tailgate we just you know we have a twenty five thousand seat stadium so it, it only goes so goes so far you know well yeah well i i think i could speak for most southern miss fans when we say there's you know there there we we kind of went through uh you know getting to know our future conference mates and i think old dominion is one of those maybe texas state um maybe georgia state too that don't have the full scope of all those parallels and connections mm-hmm. um but i i think that uh jmu is is one of the ones that is kind of a sneaky you know could could be a really um really great rival and connection in, in conference planet conference mate just in general um because i think some of the some of the younger programs that we we've had to endure competing against in conference usa <laughs> uh i I, th- I feel like JMU is sort of the opposite of that, where you have you have. I mean, it's going to be the highest budget in the Sun Belt and right? a legit fan base. Yeah, and a legit fan base that is going to travel and that there is genuine passion for that. I think was lacking in about half of Conference USA, at least, <laughs> at least, yeah. at least. And so, I, I think there, uh, you're going to see some a good amount of black and gold up in Harrisonburg, and uh, I'm I'm excited to to make that trip at some point. 
Yeah, I know a couple uh, guys in the D.C. area. They were very happy to see JMU uh, get at it because it's going to be an easy road trip for yeah. them. So they were they were happy about yeah, that. Yeah, it's an easy down and back for Saturdays. You know, you're about an hour and 45 minutes from D.C. It's, okay, it's, wow. And there's yeah. good stuff down there. I mean, I don't know if you go fish or hike or anything, but it's a beautiful part of the state. you got Shenandoah National Park and some of the best brook trout fishing on the East Coast. So. Yeah, my yeah. mom's actually from that area. So Oh, there you awesome. Go. Nice, Fantastic. yeah. And we're really hoping that that this, like you said about basketball, kind of the rising tide, I think everybody's going to kind of hopefully reinvest and build the league together. But we're really hoping that jumping into this for baseball, the bar has been set and JMU now needs to really raise it. Um, baseball, like at, at the high school level and summer league, is really big in the Shenandoah Valley. Sure. Uh, right. I know it's the, the uh, Valley Baseball League, right? Yeah. yeah. We've had some guys Yeah. It's not like Cape Cod League, but it's, you know, that next year down. Um and it's really big in terms of the state, in terms of travel ball and the showcase things for high school. So um, there's definitely interest there. And we've tapped into that on the women's side for softball and really just recruited the state extremely well. But um, for baseball, there's there's been a little bit of a of a dip. And uh, who knows? We, we might be looking at a coaching change uh, with yeah, this move we'll into the see. Sun Belt. But yeah, we'll see. But we'll see. Anyways. We'll see. Maybe Chase DeLauder will. Yeah, get a couple more, more of those. Get a couple yeah, more guys yeah. like him. Yeah. <laughs> a couple more guys who blossom, you know, late yeah. boomers in college. I think we kind of caught lightning in a bottle on that one, but yeah. um, we are excited. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for enduring um, a challenging start, but also just for the time. And it's uh, like you guys hit it. I mean, this has been the most amazing thing for us coming from the CAA, just like Conference USA. We can't find like an equivalent to you at. <laughs> 90% of the CAA schools. Right. Like, like that was just like, you know, occasionally we could find someone from Villanova just because it was like, they are like also cover football if they do basketball. Like, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, like right, it was yeah. weird right. kind of thing. Right. But I mean, really outside of that, like since we lost VCU and George Mason and the sort of more prominent CAA programs over the years, it was the same thing. I mean, we just, maybe UNC Wilmington, we had, some people but that was about it you know when you go up north we didn't have i mean there wasn't we you guys are one of multiple southern myths you know yeah outlets right and, and right. it feels like everyone in the league is pretty close to that i mean i don't know so much about odu or georgia state like you guys said that's a little bit more of the conference usa model um, yeah there, there aren't a lot of uh towson podcasts out there no <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but it's exciting i mean georgia southern obviously has the tradition that you all have right, um, right yeah. arkansas state has its own little world out there like it's pretty exciting obviously app and marshall and you know lafayette have their own things but it's just exciting to be going somewhere where everyone's a big public school with the same general like place in their state pecking order like, yeah and people care, and I yeah. and I think just it, I mean before we before we end it, I, I think one of the big differences too is the administration of relative to Conference USA and the Sun Belt. I mean, I think the Sun Belt administration is is one of the better leaderships conference um, in conference you know administration across the country. I think Keith Gill is you know hopefully we can hold on to him for a little longer, but he, he's going to be one of the rising is one of the rising stars and college athletics administration um, just the way that he's he's so proactive and i think all in on all the things that we've been talking about all the benefits to being regionally aligned and having so many different characteristics that are parallel to each other i think um rob like you were saying it's it's kind of the rising tide effect i think in all sports i think we can expect an improvement for a lot of these schools um and so it's there's i mean it's kind of an endless list of things to be excited about. So hopefully, hopefully in July 1st of 2022, we're a part of the Sun Belt. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to be. We just, yeah. Oh, they, yeah, they're already locked in. Yeah, speaking for us. Yeah, hopefully exactly. we don't have too much court um, stuff to deal with. No, no. Let's hope. Yeah, somebody will <laughs> write a check and you guys will be playing on in this fall. I'm not, yeah, yeah, not right. super exactly. concerned. Yeah. yeah, but thank you guys so much for the time and, um, you know, good luck. Uh, with the rest of the baseball season. Hopefully we'll see you guys in the postseason. Yeah, um, yeah man, that'd be nice. Paying attention a little bit, watching what's going on down there. Um, that's pretty exciting to think about. We, we keep, this baseball thing keeps coming up as we've been doing these. <laughs> uh, just, we, we talked to some Louisiana Monroe people and, and just oh, baseball yeah. keeps coming up, you know, and it was, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's fun to think about for us who, but Rob and I are both baseball fans and the Valley is such a big baseball area, but we just haven't been good. And yeah. We didn't have conference mates who cared. 
So this is just awesome. So, well, thank you all, man. This was a blast. We had a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we'll keep in touch and uh, hopefully wish you guys some congratulations come July 1. (laughs) Appreciate it, guys. (laughs) All right. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Standing on the side of the highway for exit A lady in tie-dye bag by her side Not really looking like anything special Saw Tennessee tags and she waved for a ride Sat right beside me as the meter hit 60 Explaining her travels and her family background when she got through, I could not help but thinking She's a long way from a West Nashville grandma Sunday.